Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. Well, that is a quite difficult act to follow. Um, you know, the thing I, I can't quite figure out is that I've told lots of those dad jokes before and no one's laughed when I've done them. Uh, all right, a couple of weeks ago, uh, for those of you who are here, you would have seen Sean preaching, and he preached on words of affirmation. Anyone here when he did that? You remember what Sean asked us to do? He said, I want you to turn around to the person behind you or next to you, and I want you to practice giving them a word of affirmation, give them a compliment. Uh, and so as part of that conversation, uh, I got talking with one of the church leaders, and, uh, and I said to him, oh, I'm preaching here on Father's Day. And he said, oh, Andrew, that's great, because you and Sarah are such good role models. I thought, oh, that's such a lovely words of affirmation. I straightened up. That's so encouraging. And then he kept going, and he said, because you're so good at modeling parenting fails. <laughs> so modeling parenting fails is... Uh, is apparently why I got the gig here today. So thank you for the poison chalice, Sean. I'm, um, I'll give it my best crack. So in fact, I'm going to take that seriously and start with a quiz about parenting fails, which I'm going to show you up here on screen in just a second. It's a short quiz. It's only three questions, but the first few are multiple choice. Uh, and I'd like you to select the correct answer out of A through D as I show you the question. Now, the thing to bear in mind is that a little bit different to a normal multiple choice quest, uh, quiz is you're not going to get the chance to see all the answers before you need to choose the right one. So when I show you A, if you think A is the right one, you just vote for A, okay? Even though you haven't seen C, D, and E yet, all right? And then if B comes up and you think, oh, that's it, just vote for B, okay? And when you vote, just stick up your hand or call out or give me a wave or something so that I know who's voting for which option. Okay, make sense? All right, let's get going. Question number one. While preparing this message, how many times did I yell, go away, at one or more of my kids? Okay, A, none at all, because I'm leading an alpha parenting course. And now's when you vote. Thank you, one. <laughs> one and a half, maybe. Okay, and, and all the people in my Alpha Parenting course, you would now vote too. No, great, excellent, <laughs> terrific, terrific. We'll just keep moving. Uh, B, one to two times. Couple, okay. C, three to seven times. Okay, good. Okay, the disturbing thing is there's still a lot of hands that are going to go. So, um, can we just skip to question two? Uh, let, let's just, yeah. Okay, question two. Last week when my teenager asked me, Dad, how old were you when you first got drunk? What did I do? Okay, now the thing just before I show you the answers that I want you to see is just how cleverly this teenager phrase his question. It's called entrapment, right? You see, because you cannot say to this question, 
what? No, me never. You've got to watch those teenagers. A, I asked him if he'd done his math homework. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay. B, I pretended that my hearing aid batteries went flat. C, I told him to ask his mum. Okay, now, unlike the first question, I'm actually really encouraged that a lot of you haven't voted yet, because that means you know I did the right thing, which is D. Okay, yeah, lie. That's it. Okay, question three. This one's a little different. This is just a true or false question. True or false? Being a dad would be a lot easier if you didn't have to interact with children. <laughs> true, 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 true. Okay. All the dads put their hands up at that one. All right. In all seriousness, there is a lot of pressure on dads and indeed on mums in our community. And most of the time, if we're really honest, being a parent just feels fraught with continued failure. And I'm going through heaps of challenges myself at the moment as a dad. Uh, in our house, we've got a wide uh, spread of kids' ages from 4 to 16, and then there's three in the middle, so there's five in total. Uh, and I'm being stretched a lot as, uh, as we move into new phases of parenting, and I'm having to learn to become a lot more flexible than perhaps I'd like to be or I'm used to being. And all my five kids are wonderful, and, and sometimes they're pretty funny, like you saw, uh, but they still do have plenty of flaws. And I'm starting to develop a bit of a theory around the source of these flaws. And for those of you who know me well, you won't be surprised to hear that I pretty quickly dismiss the idea that it's my genetics that cause those flaws. Uh, and for those who know my wife, well, uh, I mean, you know it's not her. <laughs> so, so if it's not me, and it's not my wife, well then, it must be must be God's fault that kids are loud and obnoxious and forgetful and clumsy and needy and defiant and all those other lovely things that make them kids. But if God deliberately made them that way, well then, there must be for a reason. So my emerging theory for this is that God made kids that way so that they would actually push my buttons and bring all my flaws to the surface for me to see. So while I've thought for years that it's my job to just develop my kids and help them work on all their flaws, I'm starting to think that God's got a different agenda, which is more like him using them to help me see my flaws. Now, before I go any further, I just want to make it clear that this is not my preference as to how this would work. Because if it was my choice, and if I was in charge, I'd make it so that me and all the dads just got automatically more awesome every day. You know, we would never lose our cool. We would never mess up. We'd never get grumpy. We would definitely not get fixed in our ways. We would just keep getting better and better all the time. 
And as we get older, we become like fine wine as we mature. We'd be like superhero dads, the league of extraordinary dads. And everyone would bask in the glory of dads. And that's how I would design it. But I don't get to design it. And that's actually not the way it is, right? Because there's another dad who's in charge, and I think he has almost the complete opposite agenda in mind. Uh, I'd like to show you a quote from the Bible. And this is uh, from Paul's letter, second letter to the Corinthians. But just a little bit of context to this letter. So Paul wrote this second letter as a defense of his authority. So Paul started the church, but then while he was away traveling, there were some other more impressive preachers who came along. And these guys were really impressive preachers. They, they spoke boldly. They boasted of their visions, and they, um, they were eloquent. And meanwhile, Paul was accused of being able to write really well, but being really meek and unimpressive in person. And so he writes this letter to them, and let's look at what he says about himself in his defense. He says, we are like common clay pots. It's opposite of what they're expecting. So he says, I'm common, I'm not impressive. And then he goes on. We are like common clay pots containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that the great power is, not, is from God and it is not from ourselves. So he's accused of being unimpressive and being nothing compared to his rivals and he says, yep, I'm not. I'm not impressive. I'm not impressive at all. I'm just a common clay pot. But God is impressive. That's his point. And dads, that's us. So we're not those superheroes. We are just common clay pots. I want to show you a, um, another little clay pot. This is the world's best dad clay pot. And, uh, and for you dads, if you were given one of these this morning, I hope you were, I'm really happy for you, because I had to buy my own. But we all know, right, that we don't live up to the standard on the mug. We get angry. We don't listen very well. We're not great examples sometimes. We're just common clay pots. And we're chipped and we're cracked. But that's the point. That's the point when we realize that we're just a clay pot, maybe with some aspirational words to make ourselves look pretty around the outside, when we realize that, we can get over ourselves and realize it's not about us. It's about what's inside the pot that matters. And that is something extraordinary. That's the treasure that Paul's talking about. It's what he's planted inside us. It's his spirit. It's his power in us that matters. 
not the pot. Paul goes on further in his letter and he says this. I'll show it to you again up on screen. Each time God said to me that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why I even delight in weaknesses, in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, dads, you you aren't strong when you're using your strength. You're strong when you admit that you're weak. You aren't wise when you're dishing out all your accumulated wisdom. You're wise when you can admit that you aren't in control. You aren't powerful when you're operating out of your own sense of position. You're powerful when you admit that you can't do it on your own. Dads, your greatest strength comes from admitting that you are a common clay pot, but a pot that contains the greatest treasure. For when I am weak, then I am strong. One of the great things about being merely a common clay pot is that it's okay to make mistakes. See, we're not made from carbon fiber, Teflon-coated, non-dentable, non-breakable, indestructible materials. We're just not. Dads, and indeed all, everyone, You're flawed. You're breakable. You're chipped. And you probably have some really deep wounds and cracks in there. But that's okay. Because it's not about you. It's about the treasure inside you. Dads and mums, if you're just going to keep trying to do parenting and indeed all of life um, by relying on your own brains and intelligence and personality, then you're going to fail. But even worse than just failing, you actually miss the main thing God wants you to get. If you're a parent, God has gifted you the kids in your care, not just so you can mould them, and work on their flaws. He's gifted you them so that they will mould you by exposing all your flaws and bringing them out. And by being totally overwhelmed in that, giving you the opportunity to turn to God and admit you need his strength to get through it. That's the same with other things in life that overwhelm us too. You know, this last six-month season with the virus has been a really tough season for a lot of families and a lot of parents and I found it particularly tough back in March when it's all started and it you know it felt like the sky was falling and and who knew what was what was coming next and yet despite all that the highlights of that whole time for me was one Sunday morning when we were at home together as a family watching either the first or the second uh, broadcast church service and I got quite teary during the service and it really affected me and 
And then when we got to the end of the video, we stopped it and we got talking as a family and I shared with Sarah and my kids that I was facing some pretty big challenges at work and honestly didn't know what to do and I was feeling overwhelmed and I got all teary and choked up again. And then they gathered around me and they gave me a big hug and they prayed for me. And that's not normally how we roll as a family. But that was one of the most wonderful experiences. And that moment of my weakness, including when I thought I should be strong, you know, in the midst of a crisis, surely I'm the one that should be strong. But in that weakness, I actually received the greatest strength infusion from them right when I needed it. And I learned again that I'm just a clay pot. So dads and mums and grandparents and aunties and uncles and anyone with a significant voice into kids' lives, when you fail and you wound those kids that you love so much, or when you're on the receiving end of a 100 decibel tantrum, or you are deeply disappointed by a decision that your kids make. In that moment, the question to ask yourself is, are you going to let that draw you into dependency on God? Or are you just going to grit your teeth to get through it in your own? I'd like to just change topics for a minute and talk about something that is a very personal aspect of parenting for me. And then I'm going to come back to the clay pots. And I hope you'll see the connection. One of the biggest ironies in my life, actually, is, uh, is how my very obvious big parenting flaws was actually the thing that led Sarah and I into becoming a family with five kids and two Taragos. Uh, and they're awesome kids, you know, but there is, there is a lot of them. Uh, but I need to be honest with you about that family life. And that is to tell you that I love empty horizontal surfaces. And I love quiet. And I love dinners when just one person speaks and everyone else listens and no one screams and all the food goes onto forks and, and goes in mouths, not on the walls. I love space. I love Sunday afternoon naps and newspapers. I love being in control of my nice, tidy, organized life. And yet some bright spark thought it would be a great idea to plot two extra foster kids into already three biological kids and create this noisy, full, chaotic family. But I can say this morning here to you honestly that I believe that spark was God. That's because he has a sense of humor. And he loves turning a weakness into a strength. My kids were looking at some photos the other day, some old photos, and they came across one that they said um, perfectly epitomized 
who I am and epitomized me in their eyes. So I'd actually just like to show you that photo up on screen. Um, I mean, maybe the truth is more like this. Uh, and although in my own mind, I'm kind of cool like these guys. The reality is, is I'm probably about as cool as this guy. <laughs> Certainly in the last few years, that's probably closer to the, the picture. So Hollywood does not do a very good job of depicting dads, does it? But I'm convinced, actually, that one of the most powerful and lasting and impactful things that a man can do in life is to sow into the life of a child. Including the life of a child that's not your own. I'd like to show you another quote from the Bible. This one is from James. And he says, What God the Father considers to be true and genu uh, to be pure and genuine religion is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So in church, we talk about a whole lot of different parts of the Christian life. I know there's praying, reading your Bible, sharing your faith, giving, going to church. And we spend a lot of time preparing messages and singing practice and connecting with each other and courses. And we do all of that. And, and they're all good things. But, but what is pure and genuine religion? Caring for those at risk in our community. And back when James wrote this, the orphans and the widows, they were the members of the society who were most at risk because they had very little safety net back then when families broke down. And he says, pure religion for everyone was to take care of those at risk, especially the very young and of the adults who are alone. So who are the at-risk people in our community today? I think it's the kids in our out-of-home care system, or what's called the foster care system. These are the kids who can't live with their families due to some sort of incapacity of the parents or, or, or a terrible situation of abuse or neglect. And these kids rely on foster families to put a roof over their heads, sometimes for one night. And that can start in the middle of the night. Or sometimes it could be for the whole of their lives until they're an adult. And my first experience with these sort of at-risk young people in Hobart was actually just up the hill here, a couple of kilometres away, uh, at the Launch, launch Youth Shelter. Um, and most of the boys up there are not orphans, in the true sense of the word, but they absolutely are fatherless living their lives without a dad present in their life. And I got involved in this organisation uh, not long after my dad died. And I remember one Sunday morning when my family was here at church, I went out running. Uh, and I was angry. and I was really bitter at God for how my dad had died and for everything that I was going through. And, uh, and I was running up the hill in South Hobart and uh, in between panting for breaths because I was so busy yelling at God, I was exhausted and, um, and I came up on the street opposite the house where these boys lived 
And I remember very clearly looking across the street and having a realization that those young men had lost their dads too. Maybe not to death like mine, but maybe to violence, maybe to addiction. Or even worse, maybe just to indifference. And losing my dad was hard, and I made a muck of my grief. But I realized that the, the boys who were in that house were walking a much harder road than I was. And at the time, I was in a pretty dark and dry spiritual place. And God used the lives of those boys to change my heart and turn me back to God. But it also caused me to have a second, much more uncomfortable realization, which was that the most powerful and personal thing that I could do was actually to open up my home to some at-risk kids. It's one thing to serve on a board or be a volunteer Another thing for me to open up my home and give up some of that precious peace and surfaces and space that I like in my home so much. Uh, but you do need to understand what a ridiculous thing that was for me to do. Um, see, I'm a very cracked clay pot. Um, and um, as I mentioned, I don't like the mess and the noise and, the, and, I, and I do like being in control. And the thing about kids from the out-of-home care system is they are experts at mess and chaos and noise. And you become part of a system where you lose control. But you know what I learned in that? Is that when I am weak, then I am strong. And that has been God's genuine gift to me during this journey um, in parenting and also in foster parenting. That he's taken my weakness and then he just magnified it and showed it to me in all its gory detail. And then he turned around and then he used it. And if it wasn't for him doing that, what we do as foster parents would just not be possible. And that's the point. And that's the point that I think he wants us to understand in our parenting. And also much broader than that, in all of our life. That we can continue to try to maintain the Teflon coating and, and rely on our charm and intelligence and our resilience to get ahead and, and cope in the midst of craziness, whatever life throws at us. Or we can admit that we're actually chipped and cracked and flawed near common pots deeply in need of a great God whose favourite thing to do is to just enter at that point of weakness because in my experience there's lots of highlights in life but you know where God has met me it's there that's where he works. That's where he changes us. And that is where our strength can come from. If anyone here ever feels like God is challenging them around caring for some of Hobart's at-risk kids, as part of your efforts to live out pure and genuine religion, then come and talk to my wife and I. We'd love to chat to you about it. 
And speaking of my wife, I do want to say thank you to her this morning because it's her and God together that make me a better dad every day. And finally, just a, a shout out to all the dads. I want to salute you dads as you, as you go out today because you are deeply flawed crackpots. <laughs> but you are pots that God can use as the superheroes for the kids in your life for the next generation. If you just remember where your strength comes from. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message, or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.